Has a good thing become an idol on this edition of Truth and Love? I'm Heath Lambert, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. This week on the podcast, we are talking about how to know whether a good thing has become a problem in our life. This is a fascinating discussion because the reality that good things can become a problem, can become a difficulty for us, is a key part of understanding the doctrine of human sinfulness. Our sin is so bad and is bad to such an extent that it even distorts good things. There is a text of Scripture that helps us to think about this. It's James chapter 1, and starting in verse 13, it says, "'Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone.'" But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. And then when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Now, this is a fascinating text because of that word lust there in verse 14. Different translations will translate that word differently, but the word there is the Greek word that's just a neutral word for desire. When that neutral word for desire is translated lust, uh, that is indicating that there's something bad going on with that desire. That is a sound exegetical decision because the development of that desire, translated in my version here, lust, leads to death. When lust, verse 15, conceives, it gives birth to sin. When sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. So there's a chain of lust leading to sin, leading to death. And so we know that even though the word for desire there is neutral, it's actually representing something bad. Our desires can be good or bad. When they are bad, they can be off in two different ways. Our desires can be off in direction when we want things that we should never, ever want at all. And so when a person wants to commit adultery, they, they want to have a sexual relationship with somebody they are not married to, uh, or they want to commit adultery with a digital harem and online pornography. They're wanting something that they should not want, and we would say that their desires are often direction and lead to sin. But what James 1 teaches us is that our desires can also be off in degree, that there can be good things that we want too much. That's indicated by the fact that verse 14 uses a neutral word for desire. There's desires that can be good or bad, and we find out whether they're good or bad in the development of them. Uh, We want them too much. So let me give an example in the sexual area again. We can imagine a married couple, a man in a marriage, uh, desiring to have sexual relations with his wife, and for whatever reason, that's not possible at that particular moment. And so it is a good desire for a man to want to be with his wife, share the marriage bed together in that way. But maybe if she's not feeling well, maybe if there is a conflict, maybe if there's a need in their home, say with kids or something like that, 
and that good desire is not able to be fulfilled, and then he starts to respond in an angry way. He gets frustrated with his wife. He gets frustrated with the situation and begins to sin. That's the development that we see in James 1, 14 to 15, that a desire, a neutral desire, even a good desire for sexual relations has become a lust because it gave birth to sin and then death. So this is just one illustration of the way our sin can take a good thing and twist it so that it becomes a bad thing. It's not the case that the thing in and of itself is necessarily bad, but our desire for it has gotten off in degree. We want it too much, and now we have a problem. That is a problem in the human heart. It's not a problem in the world. The question is, what do we call that? What do we, what do we say about it? We led the podcast with the use of the language of idolatry. And idolatry has become kind of a buzzword as Christians speak about these kinds of things. There are the thing out there that I want, that I'm going after, and it becomes a problem in my life. There is biblical warrant to, uh, to call those things an idol. Sometimes we use the language of idol. Sometimes we could use the language of an inordinate desire or a sinful desire. Whatever we call it, we're getting at the reality that this thing has become a problem in my life, and it could be anything. The list of the good things that can become a problem in your life are as long as the list of good things in the world. You can turn the good gift of food into a problem. You can turn the good gift of sex into a problem. You can turn the good gift of sleep into a problem. You can turn the good gift of relationship and communication and even church attendance into a problem. And so the question is that we led with at the top of the podcast, how do we know that these things, whatever we call them, how do we know that they have become a problem? And let me answer it in a couple of different ways. First, you can know that this good thing has become a problem in your life if you are willing to sin in order to get it. So let's use an example of food. It is a good thing to be thankful for food. It's even a good thing to be hungry because it's your physical body letting you know that it's time to eat and to be nourished. And yet we can take the good gift of food and even the good gift of hunger, which reminds us to eat, and we can twist that and it can become a bad thing. And I can start to want food too much so that I would lie to get it, so that I would be mean to you to get it, so that I would cheat you to get it. Maybe I angle past you in the food line and forget about your interest and try to take the biggest piece of cake and leave you with whatever's left over. Uh, The issue is when I'm willing to sin to get it, even a good thing has become a lust or an idol in my life. Another indicator that a good thing has become a problem is when I am willing to sin when I don't get it. So in the first instance, I'm talking about trying to accomplish, trying to achieve getting this thing. And now in the second example, I'm looking at how do we respond when we don't get it? When we want the biggest piece of pie and we don't get it, how do we respond? When we want to have a quiet evening alone with our family, there's not a thing in the world wrong with wanting to sit and have a quiet evening alone with your family. But when there is an emergency at church or when a family member calls and needs help, 
How do you respond to that? Are you bitter, angry, resentful? Do you uh, speak harshly to people? When you are willing to sin, when you don't get the good thing, it's an indicator that it's become a lust or an idol in your life and you need to repent. Here's a third indicator, and this is really important because one of the most significant hallmarks of a good thing becoming an idol in our lives is that we are blind to it. Uh, One of the most concerning and troubling things that I have seen in my entire life is the blindness of people to the lustful, inordinate desires in their heart. What is typical for people who are even Christians is to just be blinded by the goodness of the thing. Well, I just I just want to have sex with my wife, or I just want to eat a good meal, or I just want to have a close relationship with you. Uh, they're blinded by the goodness of the thing, and they cannot see the inordinance of the desire. They cannot see the idolatry. Um, this is, again, another key aspect of the doctrine of human sinfulness as we live it out in life. Our hearts are so often and so painfully blind to the sins that encumber us. And we're just eager to look for excuses. We're eager to blame other people. We're eager to find, again, the goodness in the desire and lose the fact that we've been willing to sin to get this thing. We have uh, sinned in response to not getting this thing. And so the blindness is a real problem. And so I mentioned this third indicator as some effort to try to get past the blindness. You can know if a good thing has become a problem in your life by looking at the consequences in your life. We need to be careful here. There's some qualifications that I would want to make to this, but it's an important point. It is the nature of sin to separate It's the nature of sin to break relationships and create distance. It's the nature of sin to create drama and trouble. And if you are looking around at your life and you are seeing relationships that had been close that are now distant, if you're seeing relationships where there had been trust and now there is distrust, uh, if you are seeing all sorts of pain and difficulty, around a good thing that you're prizing, then it could be, it could be that that is evidence of real blindness in your life, that you have begun to idolize even a good thing. And you need to find somebody that you're going to listen to and get some help to see what you might not be seeing. I want to be careful here because sometimes the consequences that we're experiencing in our life could be the consequence of other people's sins. Uh, And so we don't want to just assume that anytime something unpleasant is happening in our life, that it's because of something that we did. And yet we need to be honest that it is the nature of sin to separate and bring distance. And if you're noticing a pattern of sin, of distance, of distrust in your relationships, then it could be that you are blind as a bat to an idol in your life. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Anybody who has done counseling for any amount of time knows 
that these problems of inordinate desires and idolatry are a crucial area to understand in counseling ministry because we are helping people with the orientation of their hearts when they come in for counseling. We're helping them with what their hearts are devoted to and what they are worshiping. And so this is a key issue for anybody who would counsel well to understand. One of the things that ACBC does is to do counseling training every year all across the country. Coming up in the next few months, we are offering biblical counseling training in Laguna Hills, California, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and in Houston, Texas. If you live in or near these areas, I want to encourage you to make plans to attend those important events so that you can learn how to do counseling ministry with increasing skill and how to understand the dynamics of the human heart. We spend time giving a lot of training uh, in those sessions on this very topic, and I want to commend it to you. If you'd like more information about those training centers or about ACBC, then you can visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.